All right. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne and I unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. So the question for today is, can you create anything you want simply by rewiring your mind? A little bit of a spoiler alert, Lena is going to actually help us with this, and the answer is yes. She is an entrepreneur working to modernize the world of personal and spiritual growth by bringing people simple and practical tools to live at their best life. So let's jump in. This is a really great chat, a lot of practical things that we can do today to really like I said, rewire your mind and set yourself up to bring in the things, the thoughts, the feelings that you want in your life. If you are enjoying these chats, give us a little bit of love wherever you're listening with those lovely stars or written review. This podcast also wouldn't be possible without the support of Keo, which is our daily reflection app. All these awesome guests end up in app to help guide you through your daily reflection. Give it a spin. It's in the Apple App Store. All you have to do is search KYO. And thanks, as always, for listening. Have an incredible day and the best day yet. Who are you? Lena Caltagironi. Yes. And how, how would you, Lena, how would you define uh, yourself? Not necessarily your work, but, but you as a person. Oh my goodness, me as a person. This is such a deep question, actually. This always um, gets the conversation started. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so I actually prefer, it's going to be kind of like a woo-woo kind of thing, but I, I truly do believe that like we're not just like humans uh, just doing everyday life and that's it. And there's nothing beyond. I truly believe there's so much more beyond that. And I think that I'm a soul and in a human body here to feel like my mission is to spread some love and light in the world and teach people some things I know. And I do that through a lot of different ways. That's kind of me. I love it. I, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's woo woo at all. I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's definitely maybe elements of that, but I think, and and you and I have talked about this in the past, but like, as soon as you can find, find your, your path or your way through, like, forget the words, right? It's, I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's some, there's some higher energy going on, regardless of what you believe in. Like you, you can't ignore it, right? Everyone has those situations where they're thinking of someone and all of a sudden they call that afternoon or whatnot, or then you're, or you're doing, um, you're practicing some of these different, these, these different practices, essentially meditation and manifesting and journaling, whatever they are. And you just become more aware of, I think first yourself and then, and then others and things around there. So I think you described it in, in a perfect way. It's just people, a lot of people aren't there yet, right. Or they're on that, on that path to becoming a little bit more self-aware. Right. And yeah, you nailed it. Like I, I do think I credit meditation for being and self-reflection, you know, meditation combined with some self-reflection to be two of the tools that have helped me pick up on that fact, you know, realizing there's a lot more going on than just, you know, on the physical plane, you know, a lot of 
there's just a lot of whole other layer I think going on and meditation definitely helped me wake up to that and feel it. Yeah, no, I agree. And for myself personally too, and what I'm most excited about, I feel like I'm just on the, um, beginning curve of this whole journey and that there's just so much more to discover. It seems, it almost seems endless. So I'd love to know, um, a little bit about your backstory. Um, Sure. I mean, people will be able to find this out off of your website, but let's just do just a bit of a summary on on how you got to, well, first of all, what you're doing right now and a little bit about, about your past and how you got to this point. Sure. So what I'm doing right now is I own a company that teaches and brings personal development and spiritual growth tools and practices and concepts to people in a more modern, relatable way. And I have been an attorney for the past, I've been practicing law for five years. I recently, six months ago, um, stopped practicing law and decided to go full time into this other aspect of my business. And, um, truly it's because this, this body of work, these concepts and things radically changed my life and opened me up to so much more depth and so much more purpose and passion and just allowed me to experience so much more in life. And because of that, I started kind of just becoming very passionate about this industry and, um, all aspects, whether it's like mindset things and learning how the brain works and brain patterns and thought patterns, and even the spiritual aspects of all of this stuff. It's like, I became so intrigued by it and started noticing such a difference that I felt I just wanted to share that knowledge and then just saw how much there's a gap between just bringing this stuff in a modern, relatable, practical, everyday way. Yeah. Well, we we definitely couldn't be more aligned on on that. And I think a lot of the listeners of, of this podcast and the community within Keo, because I mean, that's our, our goal as well, is is really to bring a an age old practice that's loaded full of perceptions and stereotypes, but bring it, bring it up in a, in a modern way so that it fits into our life. And it's, it's something that's, you know, something that's easy to integrate in our, our day to day while getting all the amazing benefits. Yeah. It's like all these was, what's crazy is all these things seem to be hidden. Yeah. Right. And it's, um, it, it's fun to unlock this, uh, unlock these practices for people. So how did it come up? Like, when did some of these, these practices or this mindset and, and your education around this space mm-hmm. pop up in your life when you were um, practicing law? Or, and, and how did it benefit you in your, in your job? You know, what's crazy is that it kind of started when I was in college. I was interested in, I've always been a huge reader, a huge learner. I love to learn. I love studying and I, I just love like diving into topics. And so before law school, I kind of was introduced, I was reading different books. I read some books by the Dalai Lama. I was kind of just studying different cultures and different belief systems. And then I kind of got into some, I read the book, the secret and got into some law of attraction, but at a deeper level, instead of just like a surface level. And then I got away from it during law school for you know, three years and was totally focused on that. Totally let go of self-care stuff, totally let go of self-reflection stuff. And then I took a course in, in law school called mindfulness and the law. And honestly, I, I took it to be completely honest because 
I knew it was going to be an easy grade. Sure, <laughs> <easy> sure. grade. <laughs> and little did I know I was going to be re-exposed and reintroduced to the stuff that I once loved. So we were meditating. I mean, I went to University of Miami and they have actually now one of the biggest mindfulness programs in the law, you know, in the law school community. But so encouraging I was introduced to, to hear. So cool. I mean, like attorneys really suffer from a lot of issues and it's kind of not talked about, but a lot of depression, suicide, drug addictions. I mean, it's a very high stress environment and a lot of people don't know how to process emotions and they aren't aware of the benefits of mindset and they're not aware of how to communicate, um, with empathy and, and just emotional control. So I love that they had this. I took this class. It kind of brought, we meditated every day, learned all these different teachers. I mean, we were whoever my teacher, um, God, and I forget his name, but did such a great job in the curriculum reintroduced. It kind of like lit the fire again. And then Mm -hmm. I got away from it because I studied for the bar and that was a whole other thing past the bar. And then I, I passed the bar my first time around and I started working, you know, for a, a law firm and then I joined my father's law firm. And then I, I was like, okay, well, uh, now what? Like I did all these things. I don't know if I'm even happy. Like, wait a minute. You know what, what am I passionate about? What do I value? And so I started doing some inner work and, and just learning how to incorporate this stuff. And it just changed my life. It's amazing. It's funny you say, cause I kind of got the impression of you got to that point and it was, you know, is this it or like now what? Right. And it's, yeah. I don't know what the, the, I mean, the percentage is probably higher than normal, but we're at almost, I think we're at about 70 interviews and you're the fifth lawyer that I've, I've spoken mm-hmm. to, um, on, on the podcast and through the interviews. And when one of the, one of the girls had the, basically the same thing, it was, she, she had finished their, uh, or she had started working and it was always this, is this it? Yeah. So like, I wonder, is it, and, and my best friend's a lawyer too. So I have, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by law, let's, let's say, but, but do you think it's just because, I mean, the, the schooling is obviously really tasking and it's, you know, super competitive to, you know, when you're doing your articling and all of that, do do you think you just fall into this autopilot mode and then finally you get out and it's like, Oh, now what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're so consumed with it that you really don't have time. Everything else kind of falls to the wayside, your personal relationships, even your health, it's just your absolute number one focus for the majority of people. And I'm even pretty self, I was even pretty self-aware of that point. And I fell into the trap of that being everything, you know? And what's interesting, I realized looking back is like, you are literally trained to find, to, to issue spot. Your mind is trained to problems and your mind is trained to argue. So what does that do for your inner world and your personal relationships? If you're constantly on the lookout, because for, for problems. Cause what I know now about the mind is what you look for, you're going to get, and you're going to get a lot more of it cause you're looking for it. So you're constantly looking for issues and problems. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting observation. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I didn't, I didn't like where I was. I didn't like how I was feeling. I didn't like the kind of path that I was going to go on. And it was way less about the job, but more about like me and my inner world. I didn't like ignoring it for so long, I guess. Sure. So then 
And I think, so up until this point, I think there's probably a very high percentage of people that fall into that kind of same narrative, mm -hmm. uh, where the, where the numbers drop is the next part of the story. Right. And, and so I'd love to know a little bit more about, you know, what was the final, yeah, what was the final push? And it sounds like, you know, you, you mentioned that you were working for, uh, for your dad's uh, firm or practice at one point. So I'd imagine there's some family stuff there as well. That oh. wasn't the easiest move. <laughs> no, it was the hardest thing in my life. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I started working for a couple different firms. I clerked for a judge for a little bit. I kind of did the whole circuit. I did a foreclosure firm. I, I did the thing. And then I practiced with my dad and cause he's 75. He's like one of my, the loves in my life. And I wanted the experience of working with him. So he has his own law firm. It's, it's a boutique firm in Tampa. So for five years, it was he and I every day. And it was such an amazing experience. And at the same time, I started becoming more and more passionate about this other stuff. And the plan was the family plan was for me to take over the law firm. It, and sure. it would have been a very cushy job. Everything was in place. We have an, a, an amazing secretary and amazing staff and just an amazing setup and an amazing office and all these things. And I can't describe to you the amount of guilt I felt because I was like, what's wrong with you? Why are you not appreciating these things? And it, how you want more, like you're given so much, how can you want more? And I had to you know, do some inner work on that and realize like, it's not that I don't appreciate it, but maybe this isn't my calling. Like maybe this isn't my, my plan. So I started, you know, I, I gave it five years. So that's a legitimate amount of time, yeah. but eventually, and I started kind of dabbling in different trainings and different certifications and different things. And I started doing, following what lit me up. I, I don't remember where I got that guidance from, but it was follow what lights you up and take one step at a time. So I did, I, I, you know, did a neuro-linguistic programming certification. I did, I studied under thought leader, Gabby Bernsey. I started doing all of these things, which everyone was like, what are you doing? Like these have nothing to do with the law. Like, yeah, but I just did them anyways. Cause they excited me. And then I started realizing like, this is what I want to do. And, uh, it, there came a point where it was like, and I don't mean to talk poorly about the law. And I feel like while I was in that arena, I was able to be that caring attorney, you know, like always personal relationship with the clients always. Mm -hmm. So I tried to be like the light in, in that area. I did personal injury law, which like gets a really bad rap, but sure. I tried to try my best to bring my best to it. Um, but I also knew deep down it it wasn't right for me. It wasn't what I was here to do. So it was kind of like the pain of that grew, like the pain of knowing you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. The pain of knowing that and the excitement of the potential of this other career, it became so great that I, I had to move. Like I had to make a jump and I, um, you know, I, I'm very close to my parents. It's a very family run firm. So I, I know how to not work them, but I seeded the concept. So I kind of dripped in this concept over the course of the year. Sure, smart. <laughs> kind of knowing where it was going to go so that I didn't just shock everyone. Because at the end of the day, I found myself in a position where I was carrying what my family thought more than I was carrying what I thought. And um, I need to practice what I preach. You know, I preach that there is 
one life on this planet that we know of, you know, in this body. And it's got to be like a life that lights you up. And why am I living something that doesn't light me up? And I had a str- have a strong spiritual practice. I have a strong faith that's been cultivated. I have a strong network of support with coaches and friends that that are things that I purposely added into my life. And I feel like it just all brought me to this point where I was ready and it, it was the right time. And when I made the jump, it was easy because all those things were in place. It was easy. It was a no brainer. It felt like a yes on all levels of me. And as soon as I made that decision, everything else lined up. Amazing. It's, um, it's funny. Like there, there are definitely parallels there that I've heard in, in other conversations and even myself where, you know, there's just that strong feeling inside, right? That there's almost like, if you don't do it, you know, you're going to regret it. Right. So yeah. it's like, what's, what's the alternative here? Yeah. And, um, it sounds like even for you, it's um, for me, it was, you know, the question I asked myself was like, what's the worst that can happen? Cause I, I, I did like my job. Um, so it was, okay, well, if it doesn't work, I mean, I can go back or do something similar. Um, which sounds like it probably could be your case as well. Yeah. Long term, that probably wouldn't have worked out, but yeah. But at least it wasn't right. Like this painstaking, like you can't stand another day, right? Yeah. One thing is like you just you nailed nailed something that was a big realization for me, and I think it came through when I was working with a coach. It's like, what is the worst case scenario if I make this move? Well, the worst case scenario is I go back to pr- practicing law, which is what I'm currently doing. So I'm currently living <laughs> in my worst case scenario. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm currently living it, you know, and it's that, that was comforting to know, okay, like it's not that bad. You know, if it does come back to this, it's not that bad. But then also like you just described your life currently as your worst case scenario. So that also tells you, you need to go. Yeah. You know, such a great point. Um, you mentioned a few times just going through this process, uh, cause I definitely want to get into what you're doing now, but uh, you talked about inner work. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to just get a little more tactical on that uh, for the listeners. Yeah. Like what were some of the, the, the practices or reflections and whatnot that you were doing um, for that inner work? God, it is. Well, first of all, my relationship with God, the universe has really, really grown throughout the years. And it's, it's something that is like the most personal relationship. And it, it's a constant for me. It's a constant conversation. I used to think prayer was like, I grew up Catholic and I used to think prayer or, you know, prayer in the Catholic religion is very, um, set in stone. You know what it looks like. It's a Mm. specific prayer. But for me, it's like a conversation I have with the universe, with God. And I'm constantly all day, every day asking for guidance, asking for help. This is what I'm scared of. I don't know what to do about this. Help me with this. And, and I also journal like that. I journal, I use my journal as like a conversation. This is what I need help with. This is what's on my mind. Um, I'm feeling like this. And as soon as I started like in a conversation, obviously there's two, two parts to it. There's the speaking and then there's the listening. So when I say inner work, it's a lot of dialogue, like a lot of diving into my own thoughts and feelings, looking at them, expressing them asking for help with them, guidance with them, and then making time to listen. So meditate, just getting silent, getting quiet. And as soon as you kind of start like being willing to do this and look inside, um, I felt like I was led to different articles and teachers and books and, um, conversations. It's just, it's like this whole world opens up and 
it's that constant practice of checking in with yourself and exploring what's going on inside and getting guidance from other sources around you and, and sticking with it and and kind of constantly checking in with yourself and developing that relationship with you and your inner world and being comfortable with it. A lot of, I remember being so scared to sit down with my own thoughts. Like, I don't know what's going to come up during a meditation. This is weird, you know, but it's sure. Yeah. It's, it's just that dialogue, that exploration, that studying of the inner world and, and yeah, I feel like it's just a natural process once you begin. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing too, like it, it's almost, isn't it, it's hard to describe, isn't it? Like the, in terms of when things are popping up and coming kind of your way that you know, you've been thinking about or that you've been working towards and it's almost like you can't describe it, but yeah, right. It's a combination of so many different things that you're doing or focusing on, um, yeah, like I, it's. I mean, Keo started like that. Keo started off of it, uh, off of a vision board, really, um, yeah. is how it came about. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that because I know you know manifesting and manifestation is is a big part of your world and the work that you do. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know you know like what does that look like and and you know how do you fit that into your events mm-hmm. and and most importantly, how do you talk about it? to people so that they can relate and not kind of write you off. Uh, and I fall in this, this bucket on our side too, as like this, you know, woman living in the middle of the woods, uh, secluded and yeah. meditating on the top of the mountain, you know, 24 like hours. Dream yeah, exactly. There's butterflies <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> like, let's not, re- let's not forget you're the, you're, you're an attorney and you know, this, this is, these are normal jobs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what, so the question was repeat for me one more time, how do I integrate it or what? Well, yeah, is it, sorry. It was a little bit of a loaded question. There's probably three in there, but I mean, maybe let's just start with some of the, um, some of your work around manifestation and what that actually, like, what does that mean? First of all, I guess yeah. we can start okay. there. So, so it's a big body of work and, um, to me it's about living your life with intention and deliberately, creating your day and your life and your world. And it's about kind of busting through limitations and beliefs that we hold and, and creating your own beliefs. So it's a lot. The thing is when I first learned law of attraction, I thought it was super cool. I love the the mystical element of it, but then I got certified in something called neuro linguistic programming or NLP, which is all about the mind and how your thoughts really do shape the world around you. So to break it down from that perspective, and and I think you asked another question is how do I explain this to people? It totally depends on the audience I'm explaining it to because I can view this from a very spiritual standpoint. I can view this from a very biblical standpoint, like ask, you know, ask, believe, ask for, wow, I just went blank. Um, on the, the biblical aspect of it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to it. It'll come to me. And then there's the, the very like neurological viewpoint. And the thing is that this checks out amongst all three areas. So depending on who I'm talking to, I kind of explain it through that lens, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so quite basically like a thought well, let's back up one more time. I mean, we are not our thoughts. 
our thoughts are the product of our brain. And like, so to give you an example, I'm sure you catch yourself sometimes being like, wow, Mark, that is a crazy thought. Like, why did you just go there? That is an insane thought, right? Why are you thinking that? So the ability that we have to be able to witness our thoughts and look at them means that we are not, we're a separate entity from our thoughts, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like we are the watcher that we are whatever allows us. We're that thing that can look at our thoughts, that thing that can notice our thoughts. So that means that's a very powerful thing to realize because that means you can choose your thoughts. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. And, and for people who are like, I'm, I'm depressed or no, you're not, that's not who you are. You are having depressing thoughts. You're having anxious thoughts. But once you learn that you are separate from your thoughts, and, and this is a proven fact. You have the ability to practice a new thought until it becomes a belief. You can rewire your brain. And that's what NLP gave me is that you can, by repeating a thought um, and practicing a thought, it becomes a belief of yours. And your brain actually filters how you see the world and the information you take in in accordance with your beliefs. So mm-hmm. I will literally, when I change what I believe, I see and experience a different world. Okay. Like if you believe that everyone is out to get you and this world is a negative place, then that's going to be your experience. And if you believe that people are friendly and this is a, you know, people are inherently good, you have a whole different experience of the world. And it's quite literally like because your brain filters and receives information in a different way in accordance with your beliefs. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, no, big time. So I, I was just going to say, I mean, I think, so step one is really kind of coming to grasp of the of of that insight, right? That be, yeah. we are not our thoughts and we're the kind of the observer of our thoughts, yeah. which is re- really well put. Um, but then how do we, like, what are some of the practical um, tips to actually do that? Okay, absolutely. So it's kind of, okay, so that was just kind of like, there's, I feel like in order to manifest and really get this going in your, in your life, you have to have like a little basis, like a foundation, foundational knowledge. Like mm-hmm. what we just talked about is one thing that you can kind of shape your thoughts and your beliefs. But to me, manifestation is like, what, what, is, what is it that you truly want? How do you want your day really to go? How do you want these different areas of your life to ideally look like? And, and first step is getting really clear on what you want and how you want to feel. And then the next step would be, you have to believe that you can have all these things. So that's where the thought training comes in. It's like, what in me feels like this is impossible? What, what negative self-talk is going on that might be preventing me from achieving these things? And how can I get in there and journal what my fears are and journal and, and create some new thought patterns and new belief systems that support me and where I want to go? And then there's a whole action component, um, different practices that help you strengthen your mindset. And, um, and I could go on and on about this. I'll keep it short, but a whole (laughs) aspect, um, of action steps and, and real life practical steps that can help guide you towards what you want. So it's like intentionally creating your life in a way that lights you up. I would say is manifesting. Okay. That's a beautiful way to put it. So what are, um, so I mentioned in the conversation, like for me personally, um, I've always had 
a vision board. Um, oddly, or not oddly enough, I guess it's digital given <laughs> the digital aspect of my life, but it always links with, I have a one pager, which has basically the, the goals and, mm-hmm. and kind of my non-negotiables for the year. And then usually I have three, kind of a three page spread under there. One is very personal and the other is linking in kind of work and different things and their images. And I mean, it going through the process is probably the, one of the funnest things, uh, I do in that, that journey. And then it updates all the time. Right. And, and for me, it's just about giving some things may look materialistic and it's not actually what I, you know, it's not the house I actually want. It's more the feeling that, um, that, that I want out of that. So, I mean, that's just my journey, but I'm curious to hear from your perspective, uh, cause I'd love to, to improve that as well and, and give others ideas on how they can go about, um, you know, benefiting from this, these practices. Yeah. Well, I love that you said focusing on the feelings of it. And I think that's so huge. Um, it's really about like learning how to work with the unconscious mind because it's like, it's always operating. It's always operating your unconscious mind. So how can we program the the unconscious mind? And that's what you're doing when you're creating vision boards. That's what you're doing when you're writing about your, visions and your goals and your dreams and practicing affirmations and reciting mantras, all of that is helping to program the the unconscious mind with images and visions and feelings about what it is you want rather than like letting the unconscious mind run and cycle through old stories and old memories and old fears. It's like, let's put in, let's, use that to our advantage and like program it with good stuff, like program it with images of what I want and thoughts that I want to believe. And it's like using, using what we know about the mind and our benefit and filling it with things that we want. Um, so that's what, what, why vision boarding works. It's like an Olympic athletes actually train where they, uh, this is a practice that I love visualization. So, Mm Olympic athletes actually use visualization in their training. They'll take some time and sit with themselves and rehearse in their mind. Like they're watching a movie rehearse in their mind, them completing the goal, whatever it is, or beating something in record time. And they'll rehearse it in their mind over and over and over. And what it does is it helps the brain cement that into the subconscious mind and it, it triggers new pathways in the brain. So um, visualization, I think is such a cool tool and let's see, there's so many different, what I so digressed. No, no. Well, let's talk about visualization because I mean, when, when you mentioned that, um, for sure. And, and, and that's an example, especially in, in, in sports that I think most people can relate to. So like, where's, where's the disconnect then? Because like, it's a great example, but it, I feel mm-hmm. like people have a hard time. Okay. So they're like, I'm not the Olympic athlete. So, okay. you know, well, but yet, I mean, you could use this for obviously anything in your life. Like, how do you, ha- how do you handle that? Yeah. I mean, like you could even use it. The thing is like what you practice in your mind is going to be what's, what's showing up. So you can either use your mind to sit there and worry about the outcome that you don't want to happen. Like say if you have a big meeting at work or you're giving a presentation in front of a lot of people, you can use your mind to, and this is when kind of the mind is on autopilot. It's like, 
worrying about all the different negative outcomes that could happen. Maybe you mess up or you go blank or you embarrass yourself and your, your mind is literally like rehearsing that all day long. But what I want people to know is like, that's not helpful at all. Like that's, that's actually going to create, create it. So let's instead think about how do we want to feel after the, the presentation? How do we want it to ideally go? What is it going to look like? How are we going to feel afterwards? And then visualize it, like literally use your brain. It's like daydreaming, but, yeah. but visualization, like watch, and this is NLP. Like this is, this is like scientifically proven to change outcomes of things. So you literally see yourself up there, killing it, giving a great speech, walking out, everyone's impressed. And you practice that scenario in your mind, you know, you practice and, and you practice it. And the, the key is what you said earlier is feeling it. You have to like feel how you would feel if you crushed it, like feel that confidence, that excitement, that pride, like feel that, that actually without going again, cause I get so excited about the science of it. It <laughs> really does change the outcome of the situation. Yeah. It really will influence the outcome and guide it in a way that's more in your favor. So you can, you can do that. I have like, say if I have an important conversation with a friend and it's like a big, big conversation or with a business partner and I'm scared about the outcome, like it's natural to be scared or nervous. But then at some point it's like, okay, let me take a little bit of control over this. Like I can control my thoughts. I can control my feelings and my actions and my perspective. So let me get all of those things in line with what I want to happen instead of with what I don't want to happen. So I'll be like, okay, like I'm, this is how I want the conversation to go. This is how I want her to feel. This is how just being more intentional. And to me, this is all manifesting. It's just, what do you want to create? What do you want? And how can we use different tools and things we know about the mind to, to get that instead of just letting life happen to you? It's like, let's kind of guide it towards what we want. Yeah. Well, it's, so thank you for sharing all of that. I think, again, we talked earlier in, in the conversation and, and, and before as well, like the main goal uh, for a lot of these these podcast conversations is, again, just breaking down all the different stereotypes and, and presenting all of these practices in a way that, that are relatable. And, and you're, you're doing an amazing job with that. And for me, I mean, we can all relate to nourishing our bodies with good food and feeling good. It's, it's, I mean, it's no different, right? Like nourish your mind with, with positive and good thoughts. Um, oh, yeah. you'll like, it, it's just, you'll feel better. I mean, there's no, there's no other outcome. Yeah. And then when you feel, I mean, it's, it's, it's so real. It does. It, everything starts in the mind. It really does. Every, everything you see in this world once started with a thought, like it, it all starts in the mind. So it's like, let's get in there at that mind level and, um, and use it in our favor. I think something, I just want to share a quick practice. Like I love to do this. It's so quick and easy, but I'll take out a piece of paper and I love handwriting things because that's, that programs the subconscious mind even more instead of like typing it. Yeah. But you write out what, so say I have a huge meeting or difficult conversation. I'll write as if that's already done and I'm, it already turned out in my favor. So I'll be like, I'm so grateful that that conversation went so well. It went, you know, better than I could have expected. I feel so excited with the outcome. I just kind of write like a couple sentences or paragraphs about 
like if, if, if I was doing like a diary entry afterwards mm-hmm. with my ideal in there, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. And it's funny you bring that up because it's actually, so I've been doing things like that for, um, and we have some of those prompts in, in the app, like mm-hmm. in, you know, how are you going to, or how's your life going to look and feel in, in five years and like just go to town, right? But something I've started doing just this year is actually doing that um, for the months. So like while we're March 1st now, uh, when we're recording this, um, I'll probably do it today or tomorrow and it'll be as if I'm at the end of the month and exactly how you just described it. Like this happened, I felt this and, and I'm just always blown away when you, when you look back at those thoughts and reflections, like how much of that actually comes to fruition. Yeah. It's crazy. That I love that. And it's like, I do the same thing, but I do it with the moon cycles because I'm weird. So on the new moon, I will like set intentions and talk about what I want to happen for the full moon. So I do the same thing, but to the moon. <laughs> to the yeah. Moon cycle. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, well, I, I think, um, well, yeah, it was how we actually were introduced. So then the, one of the next conversations, I believe it's in two weeks, is with, uh, I think, her, her spirit daughter is her. Um, oh, Jill. Yeah, Jill. So we're, we're totally going to be talking about that, obviously. And she seems super, super educated in that space. And it's something um, I know nothing about and I would love to explore again. So thanks for providing kind of the, yeah. the, the seed for that conversation. Yeah, it's like the, all these cool old practices that have been around for centuries and all these cool traditions and all these like this is nothing new. You know, it's well, these the things thing. are nothing new. Do yeah. It's like back to the old stuff, but making it applicable and digestible now. Yeah, you you nailed it. So the co-founder and and my brother-in-law in in Keo, he's he's actually, I mean, he's in Canada now, but he was born in India. So he's going through this process, and he said it a few times now. He's like, I'm just blown away. He's like, a lot of these things that everyone's you know talking about. I was doing as a kid, it was just the normal thing in India, right? It's just, and you nailed it. It's now they're, they're, they're coming back up, um, or they're coming out in kind of Europe and North America in a more relatable way. But I mean, for us journaling questions like that, there's nothing new there. It's just how we're talking about it or, or, or what the means is and, and all of these conversations. So it's exciting. There's, there's so much, um, there's so much opportunity for, um, for this whole industry and, and I guess mindset to, to, to grow, which is really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I think people are craving something deeper. Like we're craving connection and we're craving purpose and meaning. Like we're craving this like deeper level. And I think people are just opening up to that and just, I love it. People are willing to be open-minded and all, all you need is like a little bit of open-mindedness, you know, just crack that a little bit. And, uh, it's a whole world and, and our world can be a lot like more rich. I feel like life can be a lot more rich of an experience with these kind of tools and awareness. Yeah, I agree. I think the big change or the shift in, in thinking has been like, it's, it's no, like, especially in our generation, there's, 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 you know, there's no longer the badge of honor to say that, you know, I'm working seven days a week, 
you know, 50 hours a, a week type thing. Like that's, that's not cool anymore. Right. It's like, no. you can have a, you can have a great job, but it, you know, if you're, if you're not happy there and don't feel like you're doing purposeful work, like that is the, the, the mindset shift. I think that's happening. And the other one is just that I think people are, have had enough and they've realized that your health, mental and physical has to be number one or you, like, cause if any, if any of those two kind of arms go, I mean, what are you going to do? Like you, you can't work, right? You can't, you can't do anything. It's all interconnected. It's, it's mind, body, soul. And like with everything that I do and what anything my business puts out, it's all about that mind, body, soul connection and addressing all three. Cause you, that's how you really feel your best self. That's when you feel the happiest. That's when you are so filled up that you can, it's, it's about like really taking such good care of yourself and all three aspects that that's when you can go be your best self at work or be your best self with your family or your friends. Like you can't, how can you do it if you're not filled up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Well, thank you for all of that. Um, I want to respect your time. So I'm going to start wrapping up a bit, but I'd love to, um, dive into some of your, um, whether it's a morning or, or an evening routine, like what, what are some of the non-negotiables in, in your life? Oh, okay. So I'm all about my morning routine and it's, yes. I love that you asked this. I just, I'm about to release a YouTube video on this and it's, it's, um, it's something what's funny is like, I had a struggle with this for a long time because I was, I know intuitively we all know it makes sense that like how you start your morning mm-hmm. is going to guide your day. I mean, it's, the foundation for your day. Right. So I was very into morning routine. I studied all these different people's morning routines, like, like some of the most successful people, what do they do and blah, blah, blah. And they were these long, arduous routines, which I think are beautiful, but I found myself like struggling because none of them felt like me. None of them like fit what I wanted to do in the morning. And I was just, you know, I was, it was, putting pressure on myself. And that's not what a morning routine is supposed to do. So what I found is that I found something that works for me and it allows me to adapt it with whatever I'm going through in my life or whatever time I have that day. It's flexible essentially. So it's three components. There's a, there's a mind component, there's a body component, and there's a soul component. And as long as I am doing something for each one of those areas in the morning, before I take off for my day, then I'm good. Yeah. And currently what that looks like is body wise, I make sure to always have, and these are so simple and I feel like the more simple, the better for me. Mm -hmm. But in the morning, I always make sure the first thing I do when I wake up is I have full, huge glass of room temp filtered water. That's something good for my body. It's something simple. I love my coffee. So before I jump to the coffee, I make sure that I just hydrate myself. Like it's good for the brain. It's good for clarity. So that's what I do for my body first thing in the morning. And then I will, I won't lie. I do check my phone in the morning and that's, I'm just being completely (laughs) honest. Honesty is good. So what I, and this is where my partner, business partner and I came up with the idea of the morning mantras is it's, you know, I'll talk about that later, but it's, um, if I'm going to check my phone in the morning, then my rule with myself is I have to look at something that's positive or something that's, you know, going to help, help me in some way. So I pull up 
two things. I pull up um, this thing called Messages from the Universe. Yeah. And it's, it's daily emails sent to you. They're amazing. It's tut.com. And then it's like a little funny email from the universe every morning. And then I pull up my morning mantra, which is, um, it's at my company. It's called the morning mantras. It's an email subscription. And it's just a powerful thought for that day around health or success or love or whatever it is, but it's, it's a positive thought in the morning. So I, I look at that and then I'll, I'll stop you there. Cause I think yeah. that, um, Cause there's a lot of talk about obviously technology first thing in the morning and we get it a lot too, because given the nature of, of what we're doing with Keo. Um, but I think, I think you nailed it there. Like you're, you, you're picking up your phone, but you're again, nourishing your mind with positive things. And I don't know, I don't know how your, your phone's set up, but I, I know for me personally, uh, and, and this is fairly recent, something that's worked really well is cause I do the same thing. Because uh, my journal's on there, my, medita- my meditation apps are there. But what I did was the 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 first screen. There's not one app that has a notification there. So mm. like if you swipe to the second screen, you know it's a bit of a war zone. That's where you'll find Slack <laughs> and Basecamp and email and all yeah. these you know all of these little red buttons. But the first screen is literally, I, I call it. It's like. It, it's it's the controllable screen. Like I decide where I want to go over there. Oh, I and love that. Yeah. It's been a game changer. I can only speak personally, but it's been a game changer for me um, because then it's, you know, you're still oh. able to pull up what you want to do if, if that's online, wherever it is. But again, you're controlling it and you're not, you know, regardless of how much willpower you have, I mean, there's a reason those little red numbers get us every time. So, you know, just, it's not there then, right? What a great idea. It's like your home screen is your like foundation, kind of like your morning. It's like you're jumping off. I love, you know, what's cool is we have to find, the phone isn't going anywhere, you know? So we have to find ways to incorporate intentionality, which is, you know, obviously what you do and what this app is about. That's so smart. I love it. Anyway, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Continue your routine. (laughs) So, okay. So first drink the water that's taking care of my body in a a small, simple way. And then a little bit of the mindset by just practicing something positive, a new positive thought each day. And then I'll, I'll go to my yoga mat and I don't do a full yoga routine or anything like that, but I do make sure I stretch. I do make sure I like, I wake my body up and, and just move and get it moving. And that's like kind of my other little body practice, I guess. And then, um, for the soul, that's when I will say my little morning prayers and I will, depending how much time I have that day, I will get silent and do like three to 20 minutes of silent meditation. So that's my soul aspect where I feel like I'm connecting to myself. I'm connecting to something greater than me. And, um, so it's, prayer and the meditation, which is kind of like the two parts of that conversation that I talked about. And then, um, and then depending on how much time I have, I'll do a little more mind stuff. So whether it's reading a couple pages of a, of a book or, um, journaling, maybe some of the mantras that were, that I'm trying to practice or integrate, um, I have these like affirmation cards that I sometimes like pull through that are kind of cool and then that's it. So it's like a little bit of good stuff for the body, a little good stuff for the mind, a little good stuff for the soul. And, um, and that's it. And that can take me anywhere. I can take an hour to do it or I can do it in 10 minutes, you know, but that's, 
enough for me to feel grounded and intentional in my day. Love it. And what I love the most about it is, is you started off the whole conversation about the routine by saying, you know, currently it looks like this. Yeah. And, um, I think that's key because I, I agree with, with what you're saying that, you know, you look at all these different, you read about these different people or you listen to podcasts and it's like, okay, I get up, I do this, this, and this every day, all the time. And like, and, and, and it's great if that's working for them, but then that's daunting, right? For anyone yeah. else, it, like the key is a, to commit some sort of time or intention to, to, to yourself when you, when you get up and then. I, I love that you have those three aspects of, of mind, body, and soul. And I'd imagine just, you know, it looks like that this month, but maybe next month there's a few other practices there, but you're always focusing on hitting on those, those elements, right? Which, w- yeah. w- which just makes it sustainable. Yeah. It, you could even like color in a coloring book for your soul. If that felt good in the morning, sure. you know, or I have a private client. We literally just had this conversation last night. She where I was helping her put together a morning routine that worked for her because she, again, it was a source of stress. She's like, I don't, I can't find one that I can stick to. And so she's like, you know what I feel like doing? I feel like reading something like light in the morning, like Harry Potter, you know, I'm, I, I would love to make myself a nice couple cup of tea, do my meditation and read some Harry Potter. And that's her morning routine. Yes. right now. You know? And that makes her feel good. And it's all about like, what makes you feel good and start your day off in a way that feels good to you. It's amazing. Nothing wrong with a little Harry Potter in the morning. Oh, right. That was, <laughs> that's a great idea. I got to get back into that. No kidding. <laughs> so what are your three reflective questions that you circulate either on a frequent basis or during big events in your life? Yeah. So these are kind of like geared towards, you know, the manifesting umbrella as always, but Uh, I think always starting off with like, what do I appreciate now in my life? And it's a little bit of a twist on gratitude. I I feel like gratitude kind of, it doesn't, when I think about what do I appreciate right now, for some reason that word resonates with me more. So like, what do I currently appreciate right now in this moment and in my life? Um, so that would be the first, first question. I feel like starting from that point, um, is really beneficial. And then what, because I think it's a balance. Like you have to be grateful for where you are now and also want more, you know, also be, be striving. But so what do I appreciate right now in my life currently would be the first question. And then what do I want more of and how do I want to feel? So you can apply this to your day. You know, what do I want more of today? How do I want to feel today? Mm. Or you can apply it to your month you know, what do I want more of this month and how do I want to feel this month? So that would be number two. And then what can I do to feel that way now would be number three. So what can I give myself? What, what can I add in? What do I, what can I do to feel that way now? Because really like our power is, is right now, you know, you, we truly have the ability to bring in let's say if you want more peace of mind or more happiness or more joy, like you don't have to wait for a condition or wait for some future event to feel that way. That's just a mind trap. You can actually feel that way now with, with focusing your mind. So like what kinds of things can I do right now in this moment or today to make me feel the way I want to feel? It's amazing. I mean, I, I love the order of that because you're right. I mean, 
you're obviously projecting out and, but then, cause you could easily just stop there. Right. And, and there's probably, I mean, there's probably still a lot of benefit from even just doing that, but if you really want to take it to this, like the next level or next step and probably get to that, that next step faster then you're right. Like it's right now, it's the present moment. Love those. Thank you so much for sharing um, those questions. Um, the last question uh, for you and for all guests is as, as we sit here together um, chatting about these topics, what are you most grateful for? Oh, I love where we are at this point in life with technology giving us the ability to connect with just literally anyone in the world with a mass amount of people. Like I'm literally sitting in my apartment in LA and I, you know, the potential that any of these words, their guidance from you or me or anyone can reach so many people in a split second. And it blows my mind. And I'm so grateful for being alive at this time where we really can use our voices to impact like just a ton of people in any place in the world. I think it's like the coolest thing. So that's, I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It, it, it's so true. I mean, and it, it hasn't even been like, we're not even that far into this. I mean, it hasn't been that long ago where, where even what we're doing right now wouldn't, wouldn't be possible. Right. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think you're right. There's, there's, there's millions of people that, um, our conversation words can, can, can reach. Right. So, um, and, and it goes but vice versa. I mean, the, everything that we started over here was was basically inspired by conversations like these and and in podcasts and books and whatnot. So, yeah, it's it's a. I agree with you. It's a, it's a very exciting time. So I really want to thank you for taking the time and you know devoting your days to helping others through your craft and your expertise and bringing just that awesome smile and passion to every day. Uh, we'll make sure to get a nice biopic for, for that. So people can <laughs> see that smile um, because it's truly making a, a huge difference. So, so thank you for being open and, and leaving all these, your thoughts and practices with, with this community. Oh God, anytime it's, I'm grateful to be able to do it. So thank you for having me. Awesome. And if people want to follow you along your journey, where can they find you? Well, I have a website and it's lenacaltageroni.com. And I'm also very active on Instagram, especially Instagram stories. I'm, you'll see my entire life and my entire day for some reason. I love, um, I just love giving like behind the scenes, how I apply these things in life, like in real time. So, um, my Instagram handle is my name. It's Lena underscore Caltagirone. We'll have to Perfect. spell that for the people because I know we'll, we'll link all of this in the show notes for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Amazing. So two best ways. Thank you so much. You're welcome.